not necessarily represent the Panhandle News Network, WEPM and WCST, or West Virginia Radio Corporation. Here we go! Welcome to Panhandle Live on WEPM and WCST, the Panhandle News Network. Panhandle Live is brought to you by Country Roads Tire and Auto, taking you home with full-service auto care, with a higher level of care, with two locations to proudly serve you in Martinsburg and Hedgesville. Online, too, at CountryRoadsTireOnline.com. Here are your hosts of the 2022 and 2023 WVBA Talk Show of the Year. Jordan Nice Warner and Marcia Kavalik. It is Friday the 11th, and you are tuned in to Panhandle Live, driven by Country Roads Tire and Auto, and broadcasting live from the Hoppy Kirchwell Building. I'm Jordan Nice Warner. Alongside me is Marcia Kavalik. Good morning, Marcia. Good morning. How are you doing? I'm doing all right. I'm glad to know that uh, I'm not the only person that goes on trips and instead of getting nice, big, elaborate <laughs> gifts for family members, just getting a nice little magnet. Something like that, something short, small, and simple. We love those. Yeah, yeah, my my daughter had a um, an accounting organization trip to Las Vegas of all places, mm-hmm. and uh, brought us back this magnet. I'm like, that's exactly perfect. Yeah, magnets. I remember we went up to uh, Grand Rapids for Shepherd. I got a ton of magnets for people mm-hmm. <laughs> there. Vegas. I'm pretty sure I got that. Philadelphia. I mean, mm-hmm. you name it. I doesn't always take get a up much from. room. No, they, they usually look them. cool. They mm-hmm. got the name of the place that you yep. were at, and you know all that kind of stuff. So uh, it was nice to hear that I'm. <laughs> not the she only got one that it. Does she that. got it in Las Vegas, though. So it's like huge it's silver and glitzy. Vegas. Yes. <laughs> Like, you know, I, th- I think it captured the, uh, the the vibe. She just missed all of the people that I know that are out there because, uh, of course, Vegas hosts thousands of different tournaments and events and things all year round. Mm-hmm. And out there right now is the National, the a- APA, the American Pool Association, like, national tournament or something. Like, and, like uh, table pool? Yeah, like pool. like um, what, nine Billiards. Ball? Yeah, billiards. That's a good one. Billiards. And... Um, yeah, a bunch of my buddies, they're, they're team one. Again, they go out there like every year. It's, it's Wait, almost, you, you play pool? I, I do. I mean, I'm not very good, but a bunch of my buddies play pool, and they're really good, and they're on wow. teams and leagues. And it's gotten to the point where they almost get, like literally can book their flight a year in advance. That's and then they've so made it like the last cool. 10 years. So, yeah, yeah. this is neat. It might not surprise you that my husband was a pretty good pool player back in, in college. You know, the more I <laughs> know you and the more you talk about him, it seems like he was pretty good at everything. Yeah, anything he wants to do, <laughs> he, he pursues it. But yeah, he said he um he paid for a good number of, of dinners playing pool. Oh, so he yeah. was a shark, huh? Uh, he probably wouldn't say that. But, uh, but you know the cool thing? When, when I play pool with him, he always plays either one-handed or um, he, now bank, he, look, bank shots. He and, can't be that good. That he's got to go one-handed against you. I get, no, it's that I'm not that good. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I'll have to challenge him to a, uh, to oh, a game of pool. Oh, please do. Is it match? Game? A game. A game of, of pool. Game of pool. <laughs> yeah. You put your quarters down, bud. You're next. You're it? next up. What I got it? next. It's nine ball. That's like the main one, right? No, nine ball is the diamond. you're confusing me. I can't remember. I don't know. Eight ball. Eight ball, that's Eight ball. right. Text us if you're a pool, if you're a billiards player out there. And Rescue give us, us a little help. 304-263-4321. But uh, Marsha, there has definitely been a lot happening around the panhandle recently. Oh my goodness. So um, yeah, I know uh, if you've been following Clint's news this morning, one of the big stories was... Um, you can just tell me. Okay. The uh, West Virginia truck driver. That was. Remember yesterday we were talking about how the interstate was still messed up in Chambersburg mm-hmm. because of a, an accident 
Well, unfortunately, five people died. Mm. And one of but them it was a whole family, I think, right? From what from, I've heard, in an RV. Oh, um, so uh, one of one of the people that died was unfortunately a, a truck driver from Martinsburg. <laughs> Excuse me. So, oh, it sorry. says uh, the crash occurred around 8:50 Wednesday, northbound Interstate 81 near Chambersburg in South Central Pennsylvania. The RV, which was heading south, <clears throat> excuse me, it was, which was heading south and towing a trailer, crossed a grassy median after a tire blew and struck the truck, which was towing double trailers. So literally worst case scenario uh, in this uh, predicament. Four people in the RV and the truck uh, driver were all pronounced dead at the scene and no other injuries were reported. Those killed in the RV were identified as Donald Mo. Donald Molander, Kimberly Molander, Miranda Molander, and Dane Molander, all of Middletown, Pennsylvania. And the truck driver was identified as James Shade of Martinsburg. That's awful. Awful. Awful story. I, I mean, mean, we complain about a freak about, accident, like, yeah. you know, and you got a, a minivan full of people, so it's heavy, mm-hmm. right, moving down this interstate. It's got a trailer behind it, so there's all that inertia. And, of course, a tractor trailer, a double tractor trailer is a double tractor trailer. So, my goodness, that's, yeah, it's awful. Yeah. Awful. I, my heart's my heart goes out to all those families. Absolutely. Goodness. Um, there was another really, so this came through on the emergency um, reports on, on um, like Eastern Panhandle working fires. Mm-hmm. And it involved some of the Morgan County responders. But there was this huge um, rescue that involved, um, you know, Maryland uh, State Trooper 5, the AV, the big helicopter. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Maryland State Police Aviation Command took flight Tuesday evening and rescued a young woman after her car plunged off a cliff. In West Virginia, the injured 19-year-old was trapped inside her vehicle after it traveled off the road and rolled down a 70-foot embankment above the Cacapin River located uh, there, the Maryland-West Virginia line. Crews responded shortly after 7.35 in the evening to Powerhouse Road in Morgan County, West Virginia. Uh, she was extradited and, uh, or extracted rather, and treated for her injuries before being placed in an inflatable raft and loaded down, uh, floated down the river to an accessible hoisting point. Can you imagine? No. Okay, your your car goes down an embankment over 70 feet. You have to be rescued using not only a helicopter, but also they, they have to put you in a raft right? and no, float you down the river because it's so remote. Thank God she was found. What a miraculous rescue. Absolutely. Um, I'm looking at it here. Rescue. On, uh, looking at it on the map. And you are, I mean, you're out there in the middle of, middle of it. So. Can you imagine being 19? No. And, and going through that kind of accident that's Mm-mm. just terrifying life-changing absolutely 100 percent. well without any more anyway yeah good uh, transitions <laughs> yeah I, yeah i don't have any um so uh you know we we talked about the pact act a good bit mm-hmm. um so they have extended it where you see veterans benefits there mm-hmm. um they've extended the deadline to apply and get those backdated benefits um, it was going to be this week on, I think, the 9th or the 10th, but they've extended them until Monday. So if you if you uh, are a veteran survivor or a veteran uh, yourself and you believe that you might have been exposed to something harmful, and there's a whole list, <clears throat> if you heard our interviews uh, with the VA Medical Center reps, um, there's a whole list of uh, conflicts and locations uh, that could make you eligible for those benefits. Absolutely, and those are big to get, uh, you know, especially with all the all the work and fight that, you mm-hmm. know, these veterans put out there for us exactly. and then put themselves in the line of all of this. So there's no deadline to, to uh, sign up for the PACT Act benefits, but if you sign up by 
the end of the day, Monday, August 14th, you could be eligible to have your benefits backdated to last year, the day that President Biden signed the PACT Act originally. So it just kind of gives you a chance at more benefits. Absolutely. And I was talking to my um, to my uh, relative who was a, a Vietnam mm-hmm, veteran, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and he, he was very much aware of the PACT Act, and he said he's already uh, qualified for 35% oh, wow. uh, disability, but he could go back in and uh, potentially apply for, for greater benefits. Right. Now, do you, of course, I'm not a veteran. Um, I do have veterans in the family, but I, uh, and this goes into that question. I mean, are these widely known if you're not a part of a VA? Because I know not every. I don't know. Yeah, I know not every. I mean, um, he knows. He knew. Um, right. But, but I know not everybody's a part of the VAs that are, you know, mm, veterans and things. That's and, why we want to let as right. many people know as we can, right. because obviously this the these benefits are out there and not just for veterans, but also survivors mm-hmm. of veterans. And Absolutely. and. When your when your loved one died, they may not have known that they qualified, right? Or they didn't qualify until these new you know guidelines were in place. Well, you can keep up to date with all local Panhandle and statewide news over on our website, PanhandleNewsNetwork.com. Over there also right now on the sports side of things is the Berkeley Springs Indians uh, football preview that Parker just put out today. Pretty good stuff over there. And of course, we have EPAC football previews over there, and then we'll have Shepard next week. And continuing on with all of that coming up. So And um, pretty big event in Martinsburg tonight. That's right. The Inside the Huddle event is going on. We'll be broadcasting. The sports team will be broadcasting live from 5 to 6, Tony Caridi will be there. It'll be all things Mountaineer football, which there are certainly a lot of things to talk about in Mountaineer Sports Nation right now. So it'll be an interesting hour, but you can listen to it right here on uh, WPM and WCST. Okay, so you're interviewing Tony Caridi, mm-hmm. you know, who's just a staple, right. legend, right? Right. Um, do, you, do you alter your your voice or any, I mean, is it tempting to, to go like even further into like broadcast mode? No. I mean, maybe for some people, but not for me. No, okay. You're beyond that. Doesn't matter. Yeah. He's gotcha. just, hey, we, we all do the same job. Hey, we're speaking with Tony Carini. Yeah, we all do the same job. He's just one of, he's one of us. One of uh, us, okay. as they say. But he's, no, he's Tony's been doing a great it for guy. a few decades. Oh, yeah. So. And, he's, and he's a wealth <laughs> of knowledge. And I say that a little tongue in cheek. Of course, it is a, a big deal to be talking with Tony. Sure. Uh, especially the, the access that everybody can get to Tony at um, Inside the Huddle is incredible. And he'll talk. And, of course, there's so many former Mountaineer football players, Mountaineer athletes in our area that they come out and they hang out and this, that, and the third. So it is a great event. It's for a good cause. Uh, proceeds go to the Boys and Girls Club of the Eastern Panhandle. Mm-hmm. So uh, if that doesn't make you happy, I don't know what does, especially with the uh, Mountaineer football season right around the corner. And yeah, also, it's. it's- Go nowhere ahead. to go but up. That's, yes, seriously. <laughs> I mean, 69th out of 69th for the quarterback, I heard you guys say. Yeah, that climb uh, that everybody's been trusting with Neil Brown, I'm sure, is starting to get a little tiring. Well, you know, with all the preseason polls out, and I'm I'm going into uncharted territory because I'm just going off what I heard you guys talk mm-hmm. about on the sports show. But um, you know, they've got to have a bit of a chip on their shoulder. Oh, like, they have oh, to be. oh, you think we're have not to. gonna? You think we're not gonna be able to do this? So I have hope to. that propels them on because you know what some people are motivated motivated by the sheer stubbornness of, oh i you, think you say i can't absolutely yeah and there uh, you don't need much to uh get a college kid to get a chip on their shoulder you know especially a college athlete so i think this could be this season i think could go one of two ways it's either going to be real bad or it's going to be pretty good so we'll see how it works <laughs> out 
I don't think it's going to be great. Yeah, place I'm gonna bets hold. on that. Um, oh, yeah, that, yeah, that's expert analysis for you right there. You get, well, it's either going to be bad or pretty good. It's because you're, you're a sports anal- analyst, right? So yeah. this is what yeah. you do. But, uh, yes, Inside the Huddle tonight. And uh, we'll be live uh, on a evening edition of Panhandle Sports Live from 5 to 6 with special guest Tony Creed. Very we'll cool. Yeah, it would be very neat. And nice weather, which is nice. It rained like the Dickens last year. So <sighs> yeah. Nice weather today. Okay. Low 80s. You promise? Yeah. Low okay. 80s. Oh, low no, humidity, right? Low humidity. Yeah, it's going to be a nice day today. Very cool. Yes, absolutely. And again, you can find, uh, stay up to date on all your news uh, locally, sports news, statewide news, all of that over on our website, uh, panhandlenewsnetwork.com, over on our Facebook, WPM and WCSD, the Panhandle News Network, or on the sports side of things more uh, directly on our Twitter at EP Sports Network. But we do have to get to this first break. We'll be back after this on WPM and WCST, the Panhandle News Network. Welcome back to Panhandle Live. Here are your hosts, Jordan Nicewarner and Marsha Kavalik. Welcome back to Panhandle Live, driven by Country Roads Tyronado. I'm Jordan Nicewarner. Alongside me is Marsha Kavalik. And Marsha, alongside you, is, well, a friend of the program. That's right. We love talking to our neighbors. Tracy Berker is in from uh, Mimi and Papa's Dips and More. And uh, I can't believe that you're celebrating your second anniversary. I know. It's been a quick two years. Congratulations. That's <laughs> very you. cool. Thank you. Has it been a quick two years? Because, I mean, everything you hear about starting a business, small business, is that like the first yeah, year wait. or so, yeah. brutal, mm-hmm. right? But you said it's been quick. Yep. It's been super quick. We've like, wow, we can't <laughs> believe it's been two years. So why do you think that is? I don't know. We have pretty amazing customers that make our days go quick and mm-hmm. fun and we've become super friendly with them well and you certainly have a wide variety of things to purchase at mimi and Papa. so can you tell a little bit of uh, tell the people a little bit about <laughs> what you guys have for sale yes we have a little bit of everything and something for everyone we have something for babies dogs teens young children adults people who like to cook people who like to eat Oh, people oh, who like to the second one. <laughs> 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 people who like to stay healthy and drink skinny syrups. Okay, which yeah, is what we brought you guys. Let's talk about that because um, you know Marie uh, introduced the, the office to these skinny syrups, mm-hmm. and um, you can put them in whatever, right? But like coffee. Yeah, certain ones are good for coffee, and I brought a coffee themed one and a water themed one. Um, both of these are super popular. So the caramel macchiato would be good in your coffee, maybe your hot tea. I'm not a coffee drinker, so hmm. not good with that part. Oof. But it's a popular one. Well, I will say the the uh, the skinny syrups that she brought in doesn't gone. last long. Yeah, gone, yeah. <laughs> doesn't last long. And then the mermaid you can use for water, lemonades, tea. Um, people have been going crazy with them. This is normally either a second top seller of the month hmm. or the third this, because i'm sorry go ahead well i was just gonna say i see on the back of the bottle there it's uh, it's got little uh, diagrams on what you can put it in it mm-hmm. says mixed drinks there's cocktails there i mean you can put that thing in almost everything the mermaid skinny syrup yeah, yeah. and this is the top seller that awesome. unicorn you know you get a little tired of just water 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 i remember when my youngest was or my middle one was very young and and i i gave her some water she said i i like my water that tastes <laughs> Mm-hmm. So <laughs> this would allow your water yep. to taste, but it's it's zero calories, right? Correct. Well, Marsha, yep. as a certified water taster, you should have told her maybe go for some mineral water. <laughs> I wasn't. See, I wasn't certified then. Mm. And TikTok <laughs> has gone crazy this summer with water hacks, and mm-hmm. that okay. has really increased our skinny syrup cell. Well, do you think that social media, because you're 
prolific on Facebook and uh, of course TikTok and things. Do you think that has certainly? Do you think that has helped your journey to this two years and all the you know fanfare and the people that you've had come in? I believe so. Um, a lot of people come in saying they saw our Facebook post. We're in a lot of networking groups, so we see a lot of people. And I've been in the community forever, and I've always worked for a small business who's been involved with networking. So I've made a lot of connections through the years, and they're very supportive of coming in the store and inviting people. Mm -hmm. And you're very responsive because if if someone comes in and said, oh, I really like this, or can you order more of this, you do that, Yeah, we're on it. Even if it's something we don't have that they're interested in, we definitely are looking into seeing if we're able to get it. Well, I'll ask you because I know uh, we do a lot of social media stuff here at the radio station, and it took me a while to kind of get into the – mindset of posting you know every day or posting something different every day so did that take you a little while to uh kind of get into that mode of because that's a huge part of advertising for companies now is social media correct um it did sometimes sometimes it's hard to find the time to do it and then fig- <clears throat> excuse me mm-hmm. and figure out what we're going to post and what will bring in the most right what you want to highlight like yeah. traffic, like yeah. traffic. Yeah. yeah very cool so let's talk about the open house. We're super excited. Um, we've had a bunch of new products come in the last couple of weeks, and um, we have several things for me to go back and price today. <laughs> <laughs> We're getting in like four different orders, and I have like 14 boxes already Ooh. there. Sounds you could do an unboxing video. Yeah. There you <laughs> go. And then, of course, Maybe. you also have uh, stuff for teachers and things, because, of course, Definitely. school is right around the corner. Yep, and students, teachers, lots of good stuff. We're super excited, too. On Saturday, we have our friends have a food truck, and they're going to be on site. It's Tucker's Puckers Lemonade. Tucker's Puckers Lemonade. I like that. Yep. And Stoner Dogs, they're all in the same, but they have some amazing food, good hot dogs, a bunch of other different things. Their lemonade, they have over 50 flavors. So Mm. tell everyone where you're located and where should folks park for this event? Okay. We are located at 519 Winchester Avenue, Suite 2, and you can park if there's room right in front of the store, but hopefully it is filled up with cars and there will be overflow parking down in the parking lot right in front of us. Of the plaza. Of the plaza. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. Gotcha. yeah, it's a nice spot. That's the nice thing about having your spot there is you do pretty much have unlimited parking if you really think about yes. it. You know, Well, very neat. Now, uh, you said that there's going to be lemonade and hot dog trucks there and things. So uh, can people maybe go in and, uh, well, of course, buy a bottle mm-hmm. of the skinny syrups and use, but could they maybe get a little taste and a little like that we are going to be sampling some things i don't know that we're going to be sampling the skinny syrups on mm-hmm. saturday but we have a new dill seasoned pretzel oh we will be sampling i'm out on that one i, I don't do pickle stuff oh, never been able to we're but also don't sample it then <laughs> i won't i'll save it for everybody else we're also going to be um we carry dill freeze-dried pickles mm-hmm. okay and it's from heritage homestead which is a local oh yeah, yeah. and we are going to be sampling some of those they're amazing and we are going to be sampling a couple other things. Very cool. You know what's amazing about a small mom and pop, which you guys are, is that um, you are part of the community and you can support some of these local producers. Yes. We have a lot of local people that have their product in the store. One is um, one of our newer ones, and we're also going to be sampling some of their as Brosmer's Candy. And they have a nice little story. Um, they've been in business if I'm remembering correctly since 1910 wow and they started in ohio and they're local and she is growing it here locally and we have some of her chocolates and cookies and they are pretty tasty so we're going to be sampling some 
chocolate bark tomorrow. Ooh. Wow. I'm into that. It's yeah. yummy. Well, go ahead. Well, I mean, I, I, I love the idea of a mom and pop. You know, we've one of my favorite big stores is closing and uh, it seems like a lot of shopping is going towards the internet, but I'm still one of those folks who likes to go in, see it, hold it, you know, look at the item before I buy it. I'm with you. And, and you guys allow folks to do that. Yep. I'm definitely with you. I like, I'm a, I need to feel it and touch it and see it with my eyes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. I've never really, I mean, of course I do online shop. I mean, you can't not at this point uh, in life, but yeah, like in cl- buying clothes and stuff online. Like I'll buy a T-shirt, but even then it feels weird because you don't know, you know, what's going on. But it, like you said, at mom and pops, you can go in there and really get it, uh, get it all figured out tactically right in your hand. But I do want to ask you because well, I asked both of you guys this, and you're talking about all the dill pickle stuff you got. So are you guys the type of people that can just eat a pickle? Yes. Oh, I don't know how you do that. If, that if it's me... on the side of a big barbecue sandwich, I'm in. So but like usually, you... I give it to one of my kids because they like pickles better. Yeah. So you'll go buy one of the pickles in a bag type of thing. We sell those. Oh, oh there you go. So you can go get one. Yeah. Get one there. Very yeah. neat. So talk about the times for tomorrow's open house at Mimi and Papa's Dips and More. We are going to be open eleven to four, and the food truck um, will be there eleven to three. Awesome. Well, thank you for stopping in. It's uh, amazing that you're already at the second year, and I'm sure there's many, many more years to come over at Mimi and Papa's Dips and More. Tracy, thank you for stopping in. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. And stick around. We'll be back after this on WPM and WCST, the Panhandle News Network. Taking local stories and sharing them with the four state. This is Panhandle Live with hosts Jordan Nice Warner and Marsha Kavalik. Welcome back to Panhandle Live, driven by Country Roads Tire and Auto, broadcasting live from the Hoppy Kirchville building. I'm Jordan Nice Warner. Alongside me is Marsh Kavalik. And Marsha, our next guest is joining us on the line. That is right. 95th District Delegate uh, Charles Hurst from Berkeley County is on with us. Thanks for answering the call this morning. Oh, well, thank you for having me on. So obviously we've been talking a lot. Hoppy's been talking a lot in the last couple of weeks about corrections and uh, a big suit has been filed against the Justice Administration for conditions in the prisons, and and I know you work or you sit on the jails and prisons committee. Uh, sometimes there's a conflict with one of the other uh, committees that you're on, but obviously the whole uh, legislature worked on this special session trying to to uh, come up with some solutions for the problems in the correction system. So just wanted to get your perspective. Okay. Yes. Um, and, and, of course, one of the very big things, and, and I, I guess I would just start off with uh, uh, the legislature was trying to look at this and with, from a holistic approach, I guess, not just one, 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 one piece of the puzzle, but, but many, many different parts. And one of the big things was, was of course, uh, pay. Uh, and, and, we, and we got that across the line. We... Um, uh, I guess corrections officers, uh, basically the pay is almost a $10,000 yearly increase. And then there was a, uh, also a bonus, uh, 2200 and some dollars for non-uniformed in, employees in, in the corrections. And then uh, I, I would add on that part there that uh, Delegate Mike Height, he, uh, he got amended into that bill to make that bonus uh, basically a two-time bonus. Uh, the first bonus would be uh, 
uh, about October. The second one would be uh, March. And that that there, the intent of that, I think, generally was uh, uh, to to show that the legislature, to show the good faith of the legislature that we are serious about addressing this problem. And uh, I, I believe that'll go a long ways towards it. Um, and then actually the bill, the bill that was before us at the time was was just a one-time thing. It was kind of a it was kind of a band-aid to get us through next session when when we could uh, properly address it. Um, and then late in the ses- special session, the Senate uh, done an amendment to that as well, and made made it a reoccurring e- expense basically for the state. So so basically, it, it put it in code that it's going to be permanent. We'll just have to figure out where the how how the funding is going to occur when we get uh, back into regular session. Well, we know uh, that so. leadership has been hesitant to put anything permanent in without knowing that there's a permanent uh, way to fund it. And is that something that you're you're in lockstep with? Uh, well, yeah. I mean, we we got to have a way to fund it. There's no question about that. And and um, you know, we, we've tried to stay away from base building the budget, you know, uh, adding stuff to the budget that's going to be an ongoing expense. But I, I guess I would argue at, at some point, some things, the budget has to be base built. You know, when, it, when it's uh, a reoccurring thing like the corrections, when you're talking about pay raises, uh, if you're going to do a pay raise, uh, that, that's going to become a reoccurring expense. So uh, the question becomes, how do you fund it? Do you raise a tax? Do you raise a fee? Um, or, or, or are we going, going forward or is our budget going to have large enough surpluses that it could just become a, basically a line item in the budget? Um, and I, I don't know the actual answer to that right now, but, but I think we, we will have reoccurring sur- surpluses going forward for some time, I believe. So I don't think it's going to be a problem. Our guest this morning is 95th District Delegate Charles Hurst. You know, in Berkeley County, in the Panhandle at large, of course, we have the Eastern Regional Jail. We have a juvenile detention facility as well. Um, What kinds of uh, complaints or concerns do you hear from constituents? I know here at the radio station, we get letters from the jails uh, talking about conditions. What kinds of concerns do folks let you know about? Well, some months back, and I'm not sure how long ago, but some months back, there was there was some stuff going on about uh, supposedly there were some horrendous uh, conditions at the jail at ERJ. Um, and when I, when when myself and some of the other local delegates were able to tour the facility uh, a few months ago, we didn't see any of what was being said at the time. Um, now I don't want to say there wasn't problems because. The only thing I can account for is, is, is what, what we were able to see when we were there. And uh, things look pretty good, but, but there's no question that the, the, the staff of the jails is, have been severely overworked, have to put in mandatory overtime all the time because, because they've been so understaffed for uh, quite some time. It's not, it's not a new problem. I think it was, just became very enhanced because of the COVID situation, I believe. Well, and when you when you've got a staffing problem, obviously there's a safety problem, especially in corrections, and and it's incumbent on the folks in charge to make sure that the inmates are safe as well, right? Oh yes, absolutely, and 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 I guess that's why it, it uh, the governor finally called a state of emergency and uh, got got the national guard to um, to help help out in the jails to uh, alleviate the situation until until it can be addressed and. And, and 
when you're talking about being this short on staffing, I think ERJ was about 60, short 60%, I think, if I recall correctly. Wow. Uh, when, when you're talking about those kind of numbers, it's not something that you can just address overnight. And, and of course, if it's something that has to go through the legislature, which pay raises and everything does, uh, that generally takes time as well, although although we did deal with it during the special session. Um, uh, it's, it's just not a quick fix, and, and uh, ho- hopefully hopefully, what we've done will, will start to alleviate the problem. But even even if that is even if that is the total fix, which I doubt is the total fix, but um, it's going to take time for for everything to uh, settle in and to get people hired and uh, get them through the training and, and actually get them on the job. Well, I mean, you were just talking about how putting a you know temporary fix, temporary uh, band aid on things, and it seems like the only band aid you can really do with the corrections is sending the. National Garden, which isn't the best temporary fix or Band-Aid, I would think. So uh, you answered my question a little bit there before uh, you just finished your statement. But, um, I mean, there's got to be there's got to be a, a pathway to getting more. Well, I guess now that I'm I'm talking this question out, I mean, the same situation's happening really with the police forces around, that their numbers are dwindling, and it seems like really the only answer is money. But is that really it? Is paying the people more? Well, I don't, I, I don't know that that's all of it, to be quite honest with you. I mean, all, always pay is always a, a, generally a, a, a factor. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and you threw the police into there, and, and, and I think there's some other factors that come in with policing right now, and it's probably not quite so much in, as, in, in pay because uh, I, I guess a year ago we, we gave state troopers uh, a $10,000 a year pay increase as well. Uh, but uh, I think... What we see, at least across the country, and I'm not quite sure it's as bad here in West Virginia, but we, we've seen this kind of a, a, attack on law enforcement. And um, we, we've seen, I guess, any time anything seemed to be questionable with law enforcement, it was a big, uh, a, 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 a big deal to try to uh, prosecute uh, an, an officer. And, and, you know, and, and, and I'm not defending wrongdoing if it's actually wrongdoing. But but I've seen some 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 instances where it clearly wasn't wrongdoing on the police, and um, but but yet it was, it was there was a vendetta to uh, to to prosecute or, or or go after the police, and and with all that going on, I, I think that probably weighs in the back of a lot of lot of potential uh, candidates to, to that would look at being an officer, <clears throat> weighs weighs in the back of their mind as to whether do, whether they want to t- pick that career choice or not at this point. Well, I'll ask one more question about the corrections. And, uh, I mean, of course, with funding and lack of staff and things like that, could we potentially be seeing somewhere down the line, you know, different jails and prisons shutting down across the state because of these? Um, I don't think we're going to see that, I don't believe. Um, I, I believe we'll get the, the, the issues addressed. Um, and, and, and we also done a couple of other bills as well <clears throat> that um, – uh, there, there was one that w- that'll make it easier for people to uh, 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 bond out on misdemeanor or non-violent misdemeanor charges. Um, there's uh, apparently there's been some problem where, where people get charged and, and they set in jail for a period of time um, on a on a non non-violent misdemeanor uh, simply because they can't make make bail. And uh, we, 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 we tasked the Supreme Court with coming up with a program for, more, uh, for easier pretrial release in situations like that, uh, which, which would help reduce the, uh, 
uh, jail population to some degree and, 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 and certainly reduce the uh, uh, county's uh, jail bill. Our guest this morning is 95th District Delegate Charles Hurst from Berkeley County. Is there anything else you want to uh, let the listener know about? I know we kind of been uh, really fixating on the corrections issue, but that's what's been in the news. Anything else that you think the listener needs to hear about? Well, we we uh, <clears throat> we done some work on uh, on uh, on uh, the issue with uh, fire departments, which uh, which has been an ongoing thing for a while, and and we had a bill that failed uh, to make it across the finish line back during regular session because <clears throat> it had uh, it had an issue with it, I think, uh, as, as far as how those monies would have been distributed. Uh, plus, it also in, in increased a fee on uh, your uh, uh, your homeowners, your basically anybody, any ins- basically any casualty insurance policy. It would have increased the fee from uh, 0.55 cents to uh, add another 0.45 cent to that, uh, which which would go towards funding uh, the volunteer fire departments. And the the the, pr- the big problem with that is that 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 many of us saw with that bill was simply it, it wasn't very equitable um, because what 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 you would had would have been um, uh, Berkeley County would have paid a lot of money into that simply because we have so many residents, higher insurance rates. Uh, 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 home values are much higher. So Berkeley County residents would have paid a considerable amount into that, and then that would have been distributed uh, per fire, per volunteer fire department. And I think Berkeley County only has uh, like five of them, I believe. Um, and, and then you get to like uh, Mingo County, there's like 18 in Mingo County or something like that. So uh, I, I personally felt, as with many others from the Eastern Panhandle, that that wasn't a good good policy for for us, um, and ultimately that it, that ended up being modified to where um, it, it didn't have that fee increase, and um, we we got that across the finish line as well. So that puts uh, twelve million dollars uh, to uh, volunteer fire departments across the state. Uh, there there's a little bit of uh, see six million just uh, gets divided equally among them all. There was three million. That goes to uh, would go to volunteer fire departments in counties that have a fire fee, and then there was another three million that just simply got gets distributed to fire departments uh, in every county based on county's population. So the higher the population of a county, that county would get a little bit more money than say one of the more rural counties. So uh, we, we got that across the finish line and. Uh, we moved some money around. We spent some money, of course. Uh, <laughs> it was actually a very busy special session. I think there was a total of 45 bills that we looked at. Wow. Well, again, we're speaking with 95th District Delegate Charles Hurst. Thank you for joining us this morning, and keep up all the hard work down there. Well, thank you, guys, and uh, appreciate you having me on. And uh, well, I, I'm glad to be on anytime, anytime you want to have me. Perfect. Thanks. Well, thank you, thank you, so you again, much. sir. Thank you. And that's 95th District Delegate Charlie Hurst joining us on the line. And uh, he's right. I mean, there was a lot of stuff going on at that special special session over the week. I mean, it looked like an innocent little interim meeting. You know, that's what was on the calendar. But then when the governor called the special. That's how they always look. That's how they trick us. Then when the governor made it a special session, then all of these different, he said as many as 45 bills. Yeah. That's, um, I I think we were getting our money's worth out of the lawmakers this past few days <laughs> i think so too i think so too and if you're looking for something to do this weekend marcia well we got a big friday saturday 
Yeah, Friday, Saturday, mm-hmm. and Sunday. Wait, not Sunday. Strong? Friday and Saturday. <laughs> Just Friday and Saturday. <laughs> well, today at the Berkeley County Youth Fair, let's see what we got going on. Carnival, of course, opens at 6 p.m., $25 wristbands to ride all day long. But today, Marsha, is the big one. The livestock sale gets going at the indoor arena at 6.30. Uh, the sale order is hogs, lambs, goats, and steers. So, you know, yesterday we had on um, the, the little Sadie mm-hmm. who has a oh, one grand champion uh, steer mm-hmm. that she showed. And then I asked her. At eight years old, by the way. Yeah. So I, and, and the picture is just amazing. She's standing there with this giant steer. And um, it, it just talking to her about, oh, the livestock auction is happening. Mm-hmm. Um you know, will you have any animals in it? And she said, yes, the same steer, dozer. And I said, are you ready? And Oh, she looked a little sad. Yeah, you could, you could hear her voice crack a little bit. <laughs> anyway, we're going to be talking more about the Berkeley County Youth Fair as it wraps up and how it's been uh, after this quick break. That's right on WPM and WCST, the Panhandle News Network. From Pawpaw to Harper's Ferry, from Martinsburg to Winchester, it's Panhandle Live. With hosts Jordan Nice Warner and Marsha Kavalik. Welcome back to Panhandle Live, driven by Country Roads Tire and Auto, broadcasting live from the Hoppy Kirchville building. I'm Jordan Nice Warner. Alongside me is Marsha Kavalik. We've been talking about it all week long, Marsha, but the Berkeley County Youth Fair is in full swing. Well, actually, it's kind of winding down at this point, but today is a real big day. It is, and I want to thank our next guest because she has uh, arranged for so many great uh, youth participants and volunteers to come in and tell their stories on Panhandle Live. Mary Beth Blair is with us, and she has been at the youth fair Every day. Do <laughs> so you just take an RV or a tent and just kind of hang I out? I really should have, but no. I, I mean, I have to, I work during the day do, taking care of other client stuff and then head down at night. Um, but it, it's definitely all consuming. And we've been doing interviews with you guys. Thank you so much for covering it for two weeks. That's a lot of youth fair and a lot of interviews. It's important. Right. It is so important. And that's, I really enjoyed being able to send these exhibitors and volunteers to you guys to tell the story because mm-hmm. I feel like nobody tells it like them I can tell it but it's secondhand and I've gotten to meet all of these wonderful people too and they they're just they're incredible yes, and they're they amazing and especially seeing some of the young ones coming up and just coming into that ring with these large animals is just I, I was just with Sadie yesterday <laughs> yes. I mean, and I got to see her last night in the parade of champions, bring her animal in and just again, seeing her, that little girl next to her huge steer. Dozer. Yes. <laughs> uh, I mean, it's, it's really cool. It's a fun job. It's one of the funnest clients that I have and I'm just going to be sad the youth fair will be over well for me it's been incredible getting a chance to talk to all these Uh great kids that are involved in the Berkeley County Youth Fair because for me not originally from Berkeley County I mean I just think of a fair as just you know you go to a carnival and you get some food and whatnot but the Berkeley County Youth Fair is completely different it It gives these kids such a platform to do all kinds of different things and then uh, hearing how they've grown from it and how they've yeah. become better speakers and more outgoing right. and things is incredible and even so just the careers that so many of them will go on to pursue in agriculture and keeping our agricultural um industry mm-hmm. going and i've met so many 
just highly intelligent older exhibitors that are talking about their their college careers and what they're doing. The livestock judging team that is that we have here in our county. I don't know if they've come on your on air yet, but if not, you guys really should bring the foursome. The there are four girls down at Spring Mills High School at the FFA. There, they're state champs. Mm-hmm. They're going on to Louisville in October, and then they go. Um, if they uh, win or place there, I believe they have an opportunity to go to Scotland. Wow. So they're doing what? livestock wow. judging. And they these girls, oh, my gosh, they are absolutely incredible. And apparently, even at states, they even scored. Not only did they win and sweep, like, the top first, second, third, fifth place uh, winners individually, but as a team, they surpassed by, like, 100 points wow. all the other livestock teams in the state. So these there's just some incredibly talented, intelligent articulate, mm-hmm. well-behaved, mannerly, awesome kids that I get the opportunity over my in my work with them to to meet. And to, and honestly like you Jordan, I literally grew up in this community going to the carnival. Right. Even though my parents volunteered on the ag side in the concession stand just in supporting the different things of the fair. You know, for me it was all about the carnival and the fun and meeting my friends, um going to some of the events in in the outdoor track area. Mm-hmm. I I didn't understand the ag it, side of it because I didn't grow up in that right. side but now learning it all I mean that really is the heart of the fair that's what that's there for you know so it's great because it gets people out there maybe coming to the carnival and mm-hmm. then they get a chance to maybe have some exposure to the barns they walk through they see the goats and right. boy are they full of personality <laughs> they're like they're like dogs really my daughter Lexi she loves to go in the goat barn she's 23 mind you and that's her favorite <laughs> it's we, we we go there first as soon as we get there just they're just adorable so it's a great exposure and a lot of people will go to the fair and then end up saying I want to get my kids involved in 4-H. Mm-hmm. I want to get my kids involved in FFA. So it's great. And we still have a lot left, even though the kids are heading home, some of them today, with their indoor projects are being released. Um, non-market animals are being re- are able to leave if they want to. The big thing tonight for the ag side is the livestock auction, mm-hmm. which is a big moment for those kids who've spent all year long investing their time and money into raising an animal. Now they get to sell that tonight. That's huge. But Tonight and tomorrow, you've got the carnival, Mm -hmm. commercial vendors, food vendors come out and eat so many good things. I've tasted almost everything, (laughs) and it's so good. Lots of options and lots of, um, what I want to say, entertainment, because Mm -hmm. in the track area that we have the flat drags tonight and the much-anticipated... Demolition Derby That's tomorrow. Right. It got canceled last year because of rain, so people are really ready for this. So how much money can the kids not expect, but uh, what's what's the average kind of right. price range for well, the I livestock kn- auction? Right. That's a great question, and I know that a lot of people are surprised at how much they they the exhibitors do oh, receive. Yeah. And I was told by Andrew Bohr, who's one of the top um, showman. He has a steer and he, he's very well sought out, out after his animals are because of the way he raises them mm-hmm. and the time and attention he spends. But his last year, the top steer went for $20,000. So they're and pay- that money goes to them. It goes to the exhibitor. Yeah. Wow. So they n- understand this as a career, you know, this mm-hmm. is a career how the, 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 t- there's a 2% basically admin fee that the Berkeley County Youth Fair Association does receive, but that's mainly to cover the expenses of putting on the auction and the transport of those animals to the slaughterhouse, the ones that go. Now, mind you, uh, on the other end of the spectrum, you can probably, if you wanted to invest, like 
as a small business person, I went in and bought a hog a couple of years ago and I spent probably $1,200. But if you do the math, and you add up what you spend oh, yeah. for sausage, bacon, ham, yeah, 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 uh, yeah. pork butt, all of the, the cuts that you're getting off of one animal, and you add it up for grocery store prices in a year, I probably made out by getting it at sure. $1,500. Plus, I've invested into that young person. Mm-hmm. That young exhibitor, still to this day, when I'm down at the youth fair, he comes up and gives me a hug and thanks me. He probably so, remembers uh, you forever. Yeah. He will. And yeah. I, that's just a cool part about it. The kids are so appreciative. and and But so, yeah, I would say if you're coming, be prepared to spend at least 1000 maybe 1500 for any animal, mm-hmm. lamb, goat, uh hog and steer you're probably not going to get it for any less than three and probably maybe closer to five as an average but the investment is so worth it well uh we can go a little bit longer here too marcia if you have anything else you want to ask her but that's it might sound like a lot of money but like you said when you think about how you're investing in a kid's future and you're saving money long term it's a that big amount of money knowing where your your animals are coming from you don't have when you go in a grocery store and buy you have no idea what that animal has been fed, where they're coming mm. from, what, how long it's been. I mean, we, we are told, I mean, they mm-hmm. have standards, but li- these are individually but, raised and yes. loved and cared for. Right. If you listen back to Sadie's conversation with yeah. us yesterday on our Spotify, her voice broke a little bit when I Aww. said, are you ready for the livestock uh-huh. auction? Because she's yeah. going to be auctioning off Dozer. Right. And she spent all year making sure Dozer had exactly what Dozer needed, right? Exactly. It's just amazing. And thank you for bringing all these great stories to us the sure. past two weeks. Oh, uh, my pleasure. Absolutely. Absolutely. Of course, livestock auction is tonight at 630 at the Berkeley County Youth Fair. But the fun does not stop there. It goes into the weekend. Got yeah. the carnival at 1 starting on Saturday. And then, of course, the demolition derby at 6. Can I make a quick edit to that? I know you're reading off of the brochure, yes. oh. but that was printed before the carnival came in and made changes. They are there eight days, of course, this year, but Saturday, it is not one o'clock. They are not opening until four. Okay. So I'm glad Thanks I caught that. that. Perfect. I'm sorry yes. about that, but that's not Berkeley County Youth Fair. That was the carnival. So four o'clock Saturday. Sure. Perfect. But if you come early, there's lots to do and see. So. Perfect. Well, <laughs> thank you for stopping in yeah. again. Thank you for sending all those great kids involved in the Berkeley County Youth Fair to talk with us. And if you missed any of our conversations today, you can listen back to it a little bit later on on our Panhandle News Network Facebook and Spotify page. But have a good weekend, everybody. Have yeah. a good weekend. Yeah, and uh, Steve release next with that's, Hoppy. That's right. <laughs> we'll talk to you on Monday. WEPM Martinsburg and WCST Berkeley Springs, a WVRC media station. We're proud to live here, too.